Let's go to Luke chapter 12, verse, we start with verse 22. I shared this scripture last Sunday. I'm continuing with this message, but I'm calling it our assurance of victory over worry. Our assurance of victory over worry. Praise the Lord. Last Sunday, when I was ministering, actually I was struggling on Saturday night. I was going to minister what I ministered last Sunday and what I'm going to minister today. So I tried to pack it into one sermon. Eh? And I went on, I struggled, I, and I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? I don't think they are going to receive all of this. <laughs> Aren't you glad? And then you'd think, uh, I mean, and the Lord showed me it's not supposed to be all at one go. I said, thank you, Lord. That was a big problem for me. So I have to split it into two now. And uh, I realized, had I gone the way I was planning to go, I don't know what time we would have finished. There is a joke about uh, people who went to listen to, uh, what is, is it a lecture or speeches? It was a meeting somewhere. And speaker after speaker came up. And they were taking quite long in their speeches. So this guy just took so long, everyone left except one guy. One man remained there. And this man went on and on and on with his speech. Finally, he came to, his speech, to the end of his speech and said, my brother, thank you so much. I knew there's someone at least I'm ministering to. Thank you so much for remaining here, listening to all this wisdom that I was pouring to these people. They didn't understand it. They left. God bless you. Thank you so much. The man stood up, and stood up and said, I don't know what you're talking about. The thing is, I am the last speaker. So just take your seat. Eh? <laughs> just take your seat. Eh? <laughs> I finished, I finished my portion. Had I continued what I was planning on Sunday, only Martin would have remained behind because Martin has the benediction song. And he practiced the whole day yesterday, or most of it. He's been dreaming about that song. So he isn't going to leave, right? He is going to be the last guy to live in the sanctuary because he has to play his last song. I'm just kidding, but... God is a good God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, welcome. I'm glad you're here. You don't need to get worried over anything in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I said structures of worry are coming down. Amen. You believe that structures of worry are coming down in Jesus' name. So in Luke 12, 22, this is uh, Jesus. Then, then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, let's read together, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you'll put on. Let's go to verse 23. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Let's go on. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. 
of how much more value are you than the birds? Yeah. Are you looking at your neighbor? Tell them, how much value are you? I mean, I think you are better than a chicken. I mean, you're obviously, we, we have to start somewhere, you know. It's like, surely, surely you are better. I mean, whichever way I look at you, isn't it? Whichever way, you must be better than a bird. I mean, you can't be that bad. That's a, a tongue twister. You can't be that bad. You are better than a bird. And uh, so Jesus is saying there is a value. There is an intrinsic value to you. And I said last Sunday, if you continue worrying, you are actually what? Reducing your value to below that of a bird, which is rather sad. In other words, we've lost focus of who you are in Christ Jesus. And we know our value, we say value comes from the, the price that somebody, if you go to the market and you say, this is my thing, it, it is this much, it doesn't matter what price you attach to it. The issue is, is anyone willing to buy it at that price? Uh, Elder Ruth was talking about commodities, you know, traders. The thing is, no one, you buy something, whatever value you assign anything, the, unless somebody is willing to pay for it at that price, then that's not the real value. The value is what people are going to, be, to pay for. And so, in First uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, verse, from verse 18, it says, Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with what? The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Let's go on. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Say, my, my faith and my hope are in God. See, when your faith and your hope are in God, is you begin to see your true value in God. Praise the Lord. Say God cares. See, 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 the famous, uh, let me not say famous, but just about everyone knows John 3, what? 16 says what? God so loved the world that he gave us what? His only begotten son. So, so because God loves he gave us Jesus. Because, I can put it this way, because God cares. Why should I have an assurance that I'll, over, I'll overcome worry? Because God cares. That's, that's an assurance that I have. God cares for me. God is mindful of me. Amen? And so, if you, and, and that is in uh, First Peter chapter 5, uh, from verse 5, says, this is in the New King James Version, says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be what? Be what? Clothed with what? Humility. I want to take note of that. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We are talking about, you are worried about your clothing, all right? And here, God says, be clothed with what? Humility. Be clothed with 
humility. Humility will clothe you. I'm not saying you get out of your house and say, look at me, I'm clothed in humility. <laughs> no, no, no. We are talking about the inner man. You are, you are, when you are humble within, God will produce, minister to you what you need to cover yourself with outwardly, and you are not so concerned about what you look like. Praise the Lord. And so, let's look at uh, verse 6 and 7 in the Amplified. It says, verse 6 and 7, this is the Amplified? Yeah. Ha Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, set aside self-righteousness, so that he may exalt you. Oh, no, this is verse 5. Go on, go to the next one. Casting all your cares, all your, let's read it together. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very Carefree. Hallelujah. God watches over you what? Very, very carefully. Amen. So you don't need all the anxiety, all the worries, all the concerns that you carry. The Bible is saying you cast them on God because he does what? He cares for you. God cares for you. And because he cares, he has made provision. He has made arrangements. Because he cares, he arranged for your purchase. He arranged for your redemption. And he paid the highest price that heaven has. What is that? His own son. And he gave him for us so that by humility, by humility, we receive what he has provided for us. Amen? Can you do better than God? Can you take care of yourself better than God can? I mean, if, if that is your deal, then there's a problem. You, you realize. Because really, if God is God, then, and he cares about you, then we believe he'll take a what? A better care of you than you can take care of yourself. God will take better care of me than I can do what? Take care of myself. And I, 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 I need to fix my mind on that. That God cares me. Praise the Lord. And now you go to 1 Kings chapter 17. We, we look at verse, uh, yeah, verse, verse 4. This is Elijah. God was, let's see God taking care of him, taking care of him. He had come from the king. He had come from, if you like it, state house and won the guy who was there. Uh, that's, I'm paraphrasing here. And told him there is going to be drought in this place until I say so. And so he left. And we pick it at verse 4. Says, and it will be that now God told him to go to a certain place. And he said, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have, let's read together. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Praise God. Verse 6. Okay, verse 5 says, so he went. What did he do? He went. When God told him. Go, I'll take care of you. What did he do? He went. It's one thing to hear the word of God. It's another thing what? To do it. All right? 
So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. All right, verse 6 now says, The ravens, let's read it together. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Wow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. She said, over in Luke 20, uh, 12, 22, it says what? If ravens, you remember the birds, right? It says God takes care of what? The ravens, all right? Now, God does not only take care of the ravens, he can have the ravens take care of you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you see that? I mean, he, he, he commanded the ravens. These things, they eat meat. But somehow, they were getting hold of meat and bread. A sandwich, I don't know. And bringing it <laughs> to this man, Ah, just, just receive the vision of that. Now, this was a temporary arrangement, all right? It was a temporary arrangement. It was a transition arrangement. He said, he said they don't sow and they do not what? Reap. They don't invest in commodities. But God can take care of them. And not only that, he can command them. And they can what? Take care of you. God is not limited. It does not negate the concept of sowing and reaping, but it tells you in a transition place like where Elijah was, he needed grace. Say grace. And the grace of God was sufficient to meet him at Hotel Cherith Brook. You will not find it on Google Maps. You cannot go to your Uber and say, take me to what? It's a place where he was what? Directed heaven's Google Maps. Heaven's Uber. Heaven's Bolt is the only one that knows the coordinates of this place. Praise the Lord. You will not miss your destination. By the grace of God, you will be there. In the name of Jesus. Say, I hear the word of God. I obey the word of God. I am at the right place, at the right time, receiving my provision in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, praise God. In Jesus' name, you can be so accurate. And God wants you and me to be what? Accurately led to there. But like I said, this is a different Google map. It's, it's, it's a heaven-ordained location place. Amen? And it's, like I said, God cares. Praise the Lord. God cares. He, will, he can, he can, how do I put this? He can do something that has never been done before. Amen? This is not something that had happened before that Elijah is trying to see. This is what happened. But remember, God provided manna to the children of Israel. When they, they, they went from what? Egypt to, to Canaan, isn't it? So God has supernatural ways of making provision available by his grace. Even when the situation is such that sowing and reaping doesn't seem to be working, God can supernaturally make provision 
available, especially in transition periods. Praise the Lord. So you don't need to feel lost. You don't feel like, I am not meeting all these conditions, I'm not meeting all these conditions. Turn towards God. He knows where is there. Praise the Lord. And so, God cares. The first thing we, we look there and say, we have assurance that we have victory over worry is because God cares. God cares. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All you need to do is to show up. Amen. You trust God, you show up, and it's taken care of. If I told you, let's meet at this and this place, it's taken care of. Would you have any concerns? No. We attended uh, Dr. Bill Winston's seminar. Uh, what? It was a breakfast meeting with uh, Deacon Norman. They told me it's taken care of from the church office. So what did I do? I just showed up. I just showed up. I didn't have any concerns. I showed up. I found Deacon Norman there and Pastor Davis. I, you know, why? It's taken care of. It's taken care of. Praise God. God has made arrangements. Hallelujah. God has made arrangements. But in there, you got to pull it from the spirit realm. It's because I'm really, I am really. I'm supposed to be in Cherry the Brook. I am not in Diani Beach. Isn't it? Because now if you go the other way, how will you meet me? The ravens are in the wrong direction. Now you start getting worried. But I need to find my place which is there. Praise the Lord. So it's not a lack of provision from God's side. It's a lack of our understanding of where we are supposed to be. I want to encourage you to uh, attend church services. It's very important. Very important. It's a place which God has ordained. It's called there. You may be watching us online for whatever reason. But I'm telling you, there's a value in showing up. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, thank you for showing up. Yeah, showing up is very important. You, 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 we, are, we are so used to, to, to what are they called? Deliveries, you know. Uh, you, know you just order online. No, <laughs> showing up is important. Amen. Showing up is important. It's not just uh, crowd services. Show up. Uh, there was a Sunday some time back as people were coming into the sanctuary, I saw this couple. I, I, well, when you are all coming in, I, I can see so many people. I see this, I see that, I see. But this person, just, I, I saw them. I, I mean, it's, it was supernatural. I, yeah, I saw them, and, and in my heart was like, the, you need to reach out. It's like there's a weight on them. There was nothing. I mean, they just walk in, sit down. And I started, I, I continued praising, worshiping God. I, I just lifted a prayer to God, said, Lord, help that person. I, I, they need help. I, I could connect, but I didn't know what to do. Well, I knew at least you can pray. And so I just offered a prayer and continued with the praise and worship, came to tithes and offerings, the ministry of the word. When Pastor Davis came down during the altar call, there was a lady, he said, lady, you, you, you've been standing out to me throughout the service. Could you come to the front? Uh, uh, the Lord has a word for you. And he prayed for her. At that moment, the Lord told me, that is what I wanted you to do to the lady you saw, the person you saw coming in. I thought, wow, isn't God amazing? God is going out of his way to make sure I know exactly what to do. 
He is not just showing me someone. He's setting a pattern of what should happen to them. Because I didn't know. And so, after the service, I looked for this person and prayed with them. And this is why I said, God cares about you. Can you imagine when you are coming in, God located you and he quickened in my hand to reach out to you and be a blessing to you. And they were so moved because they said, I, I was in a place where I didn't know what to do. Do you see how God works? It's just amazing how when you show up, this is the point, when you show up and you're in the right place, God will move. Actually, God has moved. God has moved. It's now your move. It's your move. But you have to what? Listen. Because if, if that person had not come to church that day, it would have been difficult to connect. But when they showed up, the Holy Spirit is here. And he wants to settle things in your life. Amen? He wants to assure you all is well with you. He wants to say, I care. Say it again. God cares. God cares for me. And everything about me. And in the name of Jesus, I am not missing my place. I will be there. In Jesus' name. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I also say that because of all this shaking that is going on, some people will be shaken. You know, when there's a shaking, there is a shaking around churches now, you know, and people saying, oh, government, they do this, government. Let me say, let me help you. The government is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Christ is the answer. We got to locate ourselves. Government has enough trouble. They are not going to be able to sort any other trouble anywhere. Now, praise God for whatever they are able to do administratively, but the answer is in Christ. That's why we have to hear. That's why we have to be led into where are you? Who are you listening to? What are they saying? So that you, have, you are in the, light, in the right place at the right time. Praise God. So the second reason why we should not be worried is that God has given us his word and his word is his command. It is the basis of unshakable faith. God has given us his word. His word is actually his command and is the basis of unshakable faith. See, he said, I have commanded the ravens. The ravens obey God. So, so but for you, you got to be submitting to that word and obey it. Amen? And on that word, you can build your faith. Elijah went there because he knew God cannot do what? Lie. He was depending on the word of God. He didn't go there to starve. Amen? He, he didn't go there. Uh, all right, let me not get into that. But, but, but you can see he, he had confidence in the word of God. And let's read the next set of scriptures here, 25 to 28. 25 to 28. Let's read it together. And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, 
which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, yeah, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? See, not me. Yeah, it's not me. Maybe your neighbor. No, not even your neighbor. Because you say, <laughs> this issue of little faith, it's, it's, it's not me. But what he's saying is this. That scripture is, is talking about two things I want us to look at here. The issue of little faith is one of them. The other one is this attempt to add to yourself. So he said, all these things you're trying to do, you're trying to do what? To add to yourself. What should we be reaching out for? The blessing of God. Amen? Not the toiling, the blessing of God. He is saying they don't what? Toil. Lilies. Have you ever gone outside there and you had the glass, uh, lilies, flowers groaning, complaining? Uh, life is hard. Nikuhaso too. No. They, they, they are not struggling. They are not struggling. They are tapping into what? The blessing that God is willing to clothe them. Remember he said what? Clothe yourself what? You be clothed with humility. Humility. When you are adding to yourself, you are kind of saying there is a gap. God is not enough. There is a gap. I, I am trying to make up for something that God is not doing. But God is saying, no. My blessing is more than enough to take care of you. Look at the lilies. They don't toil. They don't struggle. And that is how God wants you and me to do, to just tap into what he has made provision for us. Hallelujah. And so if you look at, uh, let me see, there's a scripture here I want us to look at. So, so uh, let me see, where am I? In, uh, so let me get, yeah, 2 Corinthians 4, 5 and 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 and 6, then 13 and 14. 5 and 6 uh, says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, that in that, that's a big revelation there. For we do not what? Preach ourselves, but who? Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, you are both servants for Jesus' sake. Right? Verse 6. For it is, it is, let's read it together. For it is the God, uh-huh, Yes. In the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. It is God who commanded the ravens to go feed what? Elijah. Do you see the thing here? If you go back to, to verse 5. It says, we do not preach ourselves. But who? Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. Christ has to be the center of everything. It was never Christ plus some other thing. Amen? Now, we do a lot of things. We do a lot of things. We, but, but it is from Christ we flow into these things. We don't fast it is not Christ and fasting. When we are in Christ, it's only when we know how to fast properly. It is adding fast to Christ 
<laughs> that, that's, you're, you're going about it the wrong way. Can I put it that way? It is in Christ we praise and worship. In Christ we bow down and pray. Remember all the things we do. All the things we do. Somebody else is doing them. If it is prayer, all these religions pray. <laughs> all right? If it is giving, oh, the secular world is bigoted. The red crosses of this world, the ox farms of this world, they give in a big way. If it is kneeling down to pray, my friend, Muslims do it five times at, uh, in one day or something. So, so it is not Christ plus. I, I want you to understand very carefully. Because these issues you hear about cults and all that, it has something Jesus is not enough. We got to do this other deal on this other side. And then the deal is so extreme. Because you are not in Christ, you are fasting to meet Christ. Now, all kind of things start happening. I actually wondered, if you are fasting until you die, how, just, just tell me, how will you resurrect yourself? Are you going to fast when you are dead and resurrect yourself? See, it is a lot of work you're doing here, isn't it? So, so the things you are doing, the most important thing is the resurrection life, isn't it? What will you do now you are dead? How, how, how will, you, will you sing when you are dead? How, how? So, see, faith in Christ. We preach Christ. We don't preach ourselves. We preach who? Christ. Amen. And so the, the, the whole thing about appearance is very important because there's a lot of things we are doing for appearance. You remember, the lilies don't toil. They just grow and they are clothed by God. They are not worried, am I beautiful enough? Yeah? A lily does not compare itself to the next one. And tell the bees, don't go to that one, come to me. Can't you see how beautiful I am? I'm the one who is smiling. No. The, 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 the lilies are not concerned about their appearances. And there's a lot of things that are done for appearances' sake. Appearances' sake. Which is what ends up undermining our faith and our position in God. Praise the Lord. So, uh, let me look at this scripture. So, we've, 2 Corinthians, we're going to, let's look at Luke 7 and verse 7 and 9. I shared this last Sunday. Therefore, this is, uh, all right, go back to, please forgive me, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read verse 13 and 14. Skip that. Yeah, verse 13. This is a continuation of 2 Corinthians. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Right? Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with him. So, so the thing here is when we believe, now I'm moving to the issue of little faith. When we believe, we speak right. Remember, it says before that, it says, it's God who what? 
commanded the light to shine. God who commanded light to shine. That same faith, we have the same word, spirit of faith. Therefore we do what? Therefore we, let's go to verse 13. Go back to verse 14. The same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. Alright? What happened when God commanded the light? Did light appear? So, so that same spirit of faith is what we live in. Is the spirit of Christ. Is the spirit of I speak and I expect the supernatural. I speak, I speak and I expect what? Miracles. Amen? And so let's now go to us uh, uh, Luke chapter chapter 7. Verse 7. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. Do you see somebody who, who is humble? But say the word and my servant will be healed. What did that man know? He knew once Jesus speaks, right? It's a command. I believed, therefore I spoke. God who commanded the light to shine. So he knew the word of Jesus is a command. And once Jesus speaks, things happen. What are we talking about here? Great faith, all right? And you see it in the next verse, verse 9, verse 6. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. What is great faith? It's faith that speaks like God speaks. It's faith that speaks the way God speaks. It's the spirit of faith that uh, he had taken hold of. Hallelujah. So, so my question to you is, what are you speaking? Because worry, a lot of worry, you can begin it from the way somebody is speaking. He says, we preach. We don't preach ourselves, but we preach who? Christ. What, what are you preaching? What are you preaching? You may think, well, I am not like you. I never stand on a platform like you to preach. No, no. Do you know the number one preacher you listen to? It's yourself. You preach yourself all the time. You never talk to yourself? <laughs> you never speak to yourself? I mean, that would be a... You, are, you have lost listening to the wisest man on this planet, isn't it? You speak to yourself. So, you are the first person who preaches to yourself. And... You go to preach to yourself who? Christ. You go to speak, to preach to yourself Christ. Because what you are internalizing is what you are going to speak. And when you speak, we have the manifestation of what you are talking about. So this man, this centurion, he was not even a Jew, he knew uh, the power behind this. And so he knew when Jesus speaks, things happen. Praise the Lord. Great faith. Say, great faith speaks the word of God. Now, the word of God generates faith 
And that faith is a force that changes, transforms things. All right? The word of God. It's, it's a, the word of God has innate um, power. When it is spoken by faith, you are releasing what? Power into that environment. And it changes, transforms things. So this, 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 uh, this centurion, the, the person got healed. And uh, let's look at uh, Matthew 21, 21. Matthew 20. No, let's go first to John 11, 39 to 40. John 11. John 11, 39. This was the, a man called Lazarus had died. And Jesus went to their home. Now, Lazarus was a friend. Lazarus had two sisters called Mary and Mother. They were friends of Jesus. They told Jesus, that your friend, if you go back to chapter 11, is, is, your friend is, is, is sick. But Jesus did not show up. So Jesus shows up four days that Lazarus has been dead. In fact, when they meet him, you, you, if you read the previous verses, I won't read them. But you'll find that when mother came across Jesus, her quest, her, this is what she said. If you had been here, our brother would not have died. Mary came, repeated the same thing. Yet a centurion, a centurion <laughs> told Jesus, you don't need to come. Say the word, only, and my servant will be healed. And the Bible says he did not think, he said, I don't think, uh, what? I'm paraphrasing it. Of myself. Humility is, humility is accepting the word of God as, okay, okay, okay. Let me paraphrase that. <laughs> this is a quote from someone. And they said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, is thinking of yourself less. Follow me. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. In other words, you don't say, uh, what Pastor David say this, no, 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 no. That's not humility. You are thinking what? Less of yourself. That's not humility. That's actually an aspect of pride. Humility is thinking of yourself less. You are not your own hero. You are not your own obsessed with everything is all about you. It's understanding that God has a bigger agenda than you. That's when we walk into a situation and we say, oh, I don't like the way they spoke to me, the way they talked to me, the way they didn't. No, no, no. You, you, are, you are too self-centered. You are thinking so much about yourself. You should think of yourself what? Less. All right? Because your feelings get hurt. Why? Because you think yourself a lot. You are, you are the center of the universe. No, you are not. <laughs> we are not rotating around you. No. Not everything is orbiting around your sensitivities. When you... <laughs> all right. It's like uh, I'm attacking. No, I'm not attacking. I'm trying to help you. All right. There is too much complaining about how, what they did to me. And we don't even hear their side of the story. Right? 
So, so what do you do? You know yourself. What we should be seeing is Christ in you. What, when we see you, we should see what? Jesus. You are a representative of another what? Kingdom. And when you speak, things start changing. So you are not so obsessed with how the conditions are. Because you carry supernatural power called faith. You are here to change circumstances. You are not here so that everything lines around you. <laughs> Amen? You are here to make sure things line up to the will and purposes of God whom you serve. Alright? So, this centurion knew Jesus is on a mission. Jesus wasn't coming to his house. He was busy. He was doing something. They stopped him, told him about his story. He said, listen, we don't need to interrupt your program. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Mary and mother were like, if you had not been here, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Wow. Was Jesus, what did the young people say? Was he just hanging around somewhere wasting time? No, it's, 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 but Jesus did not respond to that. He knew them. And so what he did in verse 39, now they took him to the tomb where Lazarus was buried. We pick it at verse 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. Mother, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would what? See the glory of God. Let me help you. If you are believing God, you have to be delivered from people. You got to be. I am almost certain that Mother and Mary were very concerned. They were living, they, they were a prominent family. Can you imagine opening the grave? What if nothing happens? And he's smelling. I mean, listen, uh, you can't blame them. You, you, yeah, or you say you, you can do better than them. Uh, wouldn't you be concerned? This person has been dead how many days? Four days. A preacher comes. <laughs> and you've heard about cults. You, you've been hearing about cults. It's been all over the papers. What are you going to do now? <laughs> you know, Jesus was like a cult. Eh? It was not generally accepted. You know what is a cult? A cult is people who you disagree with. You just call them a cult. I know you don't agree with me, but that is, that is the general definition of the word. The people you dis don't agree with, you call them a cult. <laughs> you don't agree with them. That's a cult. It's not just the religious. People look at uh, the former prime minister and he, is, he has a cult. He has a cult. cult. Cult is a word people throw around to, to bismarck others. All right? Now, what is happening down in Kirifi is criminal. All right? That's, that's, I, I don't understand how somebody says pastor so-and-so. That's not a pastor. That, there's something wrong there. That's something very, that's criminal. All right? But I'm saying we use it deliberately. I mean, the word we, we patch it on anyone we don't agree with. Boom! It's a cult. They drink oil. I heard they drink oil. 
Oh, they do this. Oh, they do this. Did you hear? Did you hear? Now, um, it's, it's true there are people doing very weird things, all right? But they are not starting with Christ. They are people-centered, all right? See, see, this thing about we preach Christ is so important. We preach Christ. We don't preach doctrines. We don't, we don't, don't, don't preach personalities, all right? So, so we preach who? Christ. But even when you preach Christ, let me tell you, Somebody will label you a cult. Uh, don't be surprised. It's, it's just the word really doesn't mean anything. It, 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 well, it means a lot of things, but it's not much. You can't really define what it is. You've got to be careful, though. You've got to be sensible in how you're living your life so you don't get drawn away from Christ into some other strange stuff. So when that is happening, there's a very sensitive atmosphere. Somebody has been dead for four days. And you tell us to open the grave. Uh -huh. Say what? Open the what? Did I hear you correctly? <laughs> and so Jesus had to tell her, did I not tell you that if you believe, if you believe what? The true word of God. That's the only time you are going to what? To see the glory of God. When things like happen like the ones that are happening in the nation, people swing to the other extreme. They now no longer believe. They become so suspicious. Everything you say is, ah, ah, ah. prosperity breacher. Ah, those are the prosperity breachers. Let me ask you, where is a poverty breacher? You want to go and listen to... <laughs> Is there anything called poverty gospel? I've never, have you ever heard of any magic? But the label, prosperity breaches, have you ever heard about it? What does it mean? What does it exactly, I've never understood what it means. Now, there are people who are abusing the principles. All right? But it's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. That's, again, these are criminal activities. People then... Uh, there's a, a story uh, uh, let me share it there's about uh, monkeys there's some people who did an experiment with monkeys what they did, monkeys like bananas right? okay you have you know about wildlife, you live in Kenya famous wildlife in Kenya, monkeys like what? bananas, so somebody put them in a cage, so when they drop bananas then there were 10 monkeys. When you drop bananas, they, they had connected this metallic cage to an electric shock system. So when they drop the bananas, they shock the monkeys. So the monkeys uh, related shock to bananas. Bananas means shock. So after several volts of energy through their system, they figured out if you don't want to be shocked by electricity, leave bananas alone. That's what they did. So they dropped the bananas. Now not a single monkey moves. That is called conditioning. It's conditioning, right? So now they removed five monkeys of the original group and introduced another five. They dropped bananas. What do you think happened? The new monkeys. <laughs> what happened? Shock. Ah. The now when the... Bananas were dropped a second time. Even the new monkeys have learned that there is what? <laughs> so so, so uh, uh, 
Three of them didn't move. But two still tried to grab them. And they got shocked. Okay. Now, when they dropped the bananas again, the one man came when he tried to get the bananas, the others beat him. <laughs> the others beat him. So he left the bananas alone. <laughs> so they removed three of the old <laughs> monkeys. They put another three. <laughs> well, bananas were dropped. What happened? The three monkeys went for what? For the bananas. Who attacked them? The other monkeys, they beat them that. They beat them seriously. Leave the bananas alone. Now there was no electric shock. The bananas, the, the monkeys became policemen. <laughs> so they removed all the original monkeys. But now every new monkey, when he is dropped there and you drop bananas, all the other monkeys, when he tries to get them, they just beat him. Boom, boom, boom. Nobody even knows why they are beating this other monkey. They just know here, here, we don't have prosperity gospel. We, if you preach that, we beat you. And they develop, they realize how easy it is to program people. Now, the bananas need what? They need bananas. They, not bananas in the bananas. Monkeys need what? Bananas. They are helpful to the bananas, uh, to, to the monkeys, but they have been conditioned. You will not be conditioned by the devil in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what wrong stuff is happening. You keep your heart pure. Praise the Lord. And connected to the truth. It's not the truth that has failed in Kenya. Men have failed. And there is a shock in the system. That shock does not mean everyone backs out of the truth. No. We know the truth. The devil is a liar. The church in Kenya, the true church will prevail. The shaking is to lose the, the, the things, that, I mean, the bad stuff is what has got to go. The, 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 the true church remains and moved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you can do a better shout than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say in the name of Jesus, the devil will not condition my mind to weaken my faith. My faith remains great, centered on the true word of the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. So faith, faith never fails. Faith never fails. Crazy stuff people do fails. And then other people who are not sure of themselves, they back out. You're sure to hear God. Hear the Lord. Now it's more important than ever to hear God. More than ever. Praise the Lord. Uh, the next point, so, 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 so we are assured of victory over worry because God has given us his word. His word is his command and is the basis of unshakable faith. Matthew 21, 21. 
So Jesus answered and I said to them, Assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. If you have faith and you do not doubt. Where does doubt come from? From the circumstances, from your concern about appearances. You are concerned about, you are, you are concerned about what people will think. You are, you, are, you are more concerned about yourself than what God says. What does that do? It introduces doubt. And that is in the environment. As long as you are looking into the environment, there will be a reason to be doubtful. Doubt undermines faith. The literal faith we spoke about here is about underdeveloped faith. That is a faith that is dull towards the voice of God or is disinterested in walking with God. But that is not you. Praise the Lord. You are sharp. Amen. You are awake to the voice of God. You hear accurately. Amen. You are interested in walking what? Intimately with God. You are not trying to add to yourself. You are not taking the word of God and turning, trying to add to it. It's never word of God plus all these things that people have added to it. It is the word of the living God. Amen? Now, the third point here is that we have access to, by faith, to the wisdom of God. We have confidence. We are assured. We are, have assurance that you'll overcome worry because we have access by faith to the wisdom of God. And in uh, Luke 12, 29 to 31, it says, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. So the kingdom has everything. The kingdom has everything. What we need is the wisdom of God. We seek the wisdom of God to access what the... We seek the wisdom of God to access what the kingdom of God has for us. Praise the Lord. Uh, Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not what? Eating and drinking, but what? Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He said, do not be anxious about what? What to eat or what to drink. Be concerned about what? The kingdom of God. And this is a second witness. The kingdom of God is not about what? Eating and drinking. It's about what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what do I need to access that kingdom? Remember I shared with you, I told you, it's in another dimension. It's another dimension. It's a dimension of Faith. Let's look at James, uh, James chapter 1, I believe. James chapter 1, verse 6 says, This is about someone who is seeking wisdom. It says, But let him ask in faith. You remember, he says, Seek what? The kingdom of God. You are asking, you are seeking the kingdom of God. Now, this is somebody who is seeking wisdom. If you read the previous verses here, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. You remember, he said what? If you have faith and doubt not. 
For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, yeah? For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and stable in all his ways. Oh, that's another one you say, not me. My wife Mary used to read this scripture and say, I thought the scripture says you receive 30, 60, and 100. It's like if you doubt, what do you receive? Nothing. She says, that looks like a bit hard for me. I mean, if you doubt, you receive nothing. If you doubt, you are double-minded. Let that person not think he will receive what? Anything from the Lord. God takes doubts very seriously. I told you that doubting mind in verse, it was it verse 28. Do not be anxious. Do not have an anxious mind or a doubtful mind is suspended. You are suspended. You are, you are not on earth. You are not in the heavens. It's, it's a situation where you are suspended. You need to write this down. The wisdom of God answers to faith only. The wisdom of God. What Elder Ruth was ministering to us, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom only answers to faith. Faith is what calls out the wisdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, first, 2 Corinthians 4.18 while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. The things that you are seeing, they change. Do you witness with that? The things that you see change. Just look at the political environment and go back to last year, before August. It was a totally different readership, isn't it? Now, who, the people who are in power are not the ones in power now, isn't it? It's the other group. It's amazing how things, how temporary things are. We have a mindset like things are not changing, like they are fixed on cement, but they are not. Things of men will change. Praise God. Whatever situation you are facing today, can I give you an assurance? It will change. Everything in the natural, it will change. The issue is, if I apply the wisdom of God, I start steering that thing to happen the right way. Amen? I start, when I believe and I start speaking, now I am part of changing the thing that I'm seeing, all right? Then it changes. Somebody said, while we do not look at the things which are seen. How are you going to look at, the, if you are, how, what is it? While we do not look at the things which are seen. That's kind of contradictory. I'm looking at it. What do you mean I should not look at it? It means I am looking with the eyes of faith. I'm looking at the word of God. What does the word of God say about the situation that I'm facing? Amen. So the wisdom of God is uh, wisdom of God answers to faith only. Let's look at First Kings seventeen fourteen. I gave you the. We, remember, we read verse four and six, where he was sent to Elijah was sent to Cherith Brook. 
and he was fed by the ravens. After that, he went to a certain window, and this is what says verse 14. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. All right? And I also, let's look at uh, 2 Kings, 2 Kings 4, uh, verse 2 to 4. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in, in the house. And she asked, she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. It's gone. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So, in the first case of Elijah, now, the brook dried up. Okay? But the ravens were still coming. The ravens, there's nothing about the ravens. The ravens had been commanded. They were showing up every morning, every evening. The brook dried up. He went to uh, this city, Sarifat, met this window, and now God told her, through him, the bean of flour will not what? Run out. And the oil will not run out. And I asked you last Sunday, where was that oil coming from? It was coming from another dimension. It was real oil. It was real flour. Amen? The same oil was flowing in Second Kings. Here is my question. And, and I, I know it's like I'm repeating myself here. But be very careful that you have revelation. Tell your neighbor, you need revelation more than doctrine. You see, doctrine is something that we simplify to make it easy for people to understand. But revelation is what you walk in, isn't it? Because in this first Kings, the window was told what? Bring me what? Make a, 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 a small bread for me. Bring it to me. I will eat it. And then your bean will not dry. Your, 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 your flour will not run out. Your oil will not run out. All right? So that's what she did. She brought, she brought, listen, she brought, it's like an offering to the prophet, isn't it? Now, what happened in 2 Kings? Did Elisha say, tell you what, woman, don't ask me any question. Do you have a seed? Make for me a small bread, bring it, and I eat it. Would her oil have continued to multiply? All right, are you following with me? I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> what am I saying? Two situations. Totally different what? Approaches. In one, bring me some kind of an offering. I'll eat it. Then you continue and it's the typical standard sowing and reaping, isn't it? What about the second case? Go borrow vessels. Lock yourself in the house and you're going to get what? Multiplication. Why? Uh, so now, this is, uh, this is I, I think the Elijah one is the one we call prosperity preachers, right? <laughs> you, you see now, you, you see the, I'm trying to drive at something here. Doctrines. Doctrines that are, you don't know what is going on, but you just jump on something that is being said and you follow it up, all right? So now, everything in this church here, 
Everything is what? Bring, bring, the bread. bring the bread to the prophet. You want to prosper? Bread to the prophet. Bread to the prophet. So these other guys call them what? Prosperity. I think that's what they call prosperity preachers. Now, on this other side is borrowing Holy Ghost ministries, right? <laughs> these ones, these ones lock themselves up. And the oil what? Multiplies. These ones point to the other ones. I say we are the original group. This is a sprinter group. They never had the, you know, I'm making fun of it. But you see where the confusion starts coming from. What was the wisdom of God to Elijah? The lady bakes a cake, brings it to you, and you guys will eat this all the time. All right? What was the wisdom of God to Elijah? Go borrow. Isn't it? Go borrow. No, it's not a copy and a paste. That should set you free. A lot of what you hear again, cultic behavior, is just copy and paste. Young people know something called chat GPT. Anyone knows of chat GPT? AI, artificial intelligence. You've never heard of it. You are blessed people. Artificial intelligence. This is artificial intelligence. People are just going in. What can that artificial intelligence generate? Only what is programmed into it. God wants to come into your situation with fresh wisdom. With fresh wisdom. God is not short of ideas and wisdom. Listen, wisdom of God is only accessed by faith. Not by repetition of something you heard some people did somewhere. That's a big error. All right? What is common in these two scriptures? Say the wisdom of God and the faith of God. Amen. The only reason Elijah was doing what he was doing is because he had God. The only reason Elisha was doing what he was doing is because he had God. You hear the word of God, you act on that wisdom of God. You get results. Amen. You have ever seen medication? Medication has what is called an active ingredient, isn't it? An active ingredient is, uh, well, I don't have any. There's a sweet here, I think. Is there? Yeah, this is like a sweet, yeah. So, if you get a tablet this size, there are none, I think. You can't swallow this. <laughs> but, but a lot of it, I think maybe only 5% or even less, is actually the medicine that will kill the germs and everything else. The blessed of it is the packaging. Isn't it? The active ingredient is faith. The active ingredient is the wisdom of God. How it is packaged, leave that to God. He'll tell you, isn't it? How it, if it is packaged in ravens, you receive it. Amen? If it is packaged in a, a window bringing her bread, you receive it. If it is packaged in a, well, the other one of Elisha, you know, borrow vessels, pour the oil, you receive it. The active ingredient. The drug has not changed. The drug is what? Faith and the wisdom of God. 
but it has been labeled in this church, in this other one, in this other place, it's been called. But if you don't have the ingredient, listen, listen, this is important. If you don't have the ingredient, I don't care how many of them you swallow. It's not going to work. You are going to die. Not you, but I'm telling you. If you are taking a Skoda plus symbol, there is no active ingredient to cure without faith. So everything we do has to flow from the faith. Of, are you receiving anything? Because this will help you to disintegrate, to, to, not to, to, to disaggregate the things you're hearing so that you know is there faith in this thing? If there is no faith, back off. If there is no faith, you can give, the Bible, what does the Bible say? You can give yourself to be burnt on a stake. It will profit nothing. Because there is no, there is no faith. Okay, actually, there is no love of God in it. And faith works by love. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, uh, let me, as we come towards, look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 3. Faith is the substance of things. Say faith. Let's read it together actually. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You see, you see the faith, that's all I've been explaining all this time. Faith is the active ingredient. It is what frames things. Remember we said faith is the force that changes things. All other activities must build towards faith. Let's, let's go to John 22, 22 verse, uh, John 12, 22 to 26. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus, let's go on. But Jesus answered them saying, the hours come that, the hours come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly I say to you, unless, let's read together, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So, so is, is Jesus talking about wheat farming? Is this wheat farming 101? No, he's talking about us getting rid of an old way of doing things. When he says, he who loves his life, he's talking about someone who is, remember, self-centered, concerned about their appearances more than God. When we let that life go, we are separated from that life, then we have tapped into the wisdom of God for, for multiplication and increase. 
when we let the old life go. That is centered on ourselves. But now we are centered on God and his wisdom. That is when we have the potential to multiply and become much more in our lives. That is when our life becomes what? Productive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, so it's, it's death of the world way of thinking. What, what, is, what is this tying me down? Why are all these worries over my life? It's because I'm so what? Self-centered rather than what? Christ-centered. And when I let go of that life, then I can tap into the new life. Uh, so how do I know that I have the ability? God has given, is, I have the assurance that I can overcome worry. It's because God has raised me together with Jesus in resurrection life. God has raised me together with Jesus in resurrection life. And if you look at uh, uh, Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 6, it says, but God, Ephesians 2, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, the resurrected life, I have taken the same position and I'm now seated with what? Christ Jesus. I have no need to get worried over anything. Amen. I have access. And this is what he says. If you are not, if you have not been resurrected, if you have not embraced the new life, then you cannot serve him because you are somewhere else. He is in heaven. Now, I was told there are in, in the city, there are groups of people, let me not say cults, but they are trying to ascend. They are always trying to ascend. See, where are they ascending to? The Bible says, we already what? Ascended. We are already seated together with him. How can you have what you have? How, how are you struggling? I don't know call it. What do you say? You know, you're looking for your phone and you're talking on the phone. You are looking for what you already have. But Satan, because things of God are by faith. You are trying to get something to hang on. You are seated together with Christ Jesus, but you are starving yourself to die. You, you see, you have not understood your place. You are already with what? Christ Jesus. You don't need to kill yourself. God has an assignment for you on this earth. When you have the revelation and not a doctrine, then you are not going to be deceived. Because you know your position. You know who you are in Christ Jesus. You have no problem with your identity. So you are not a victim. I speak that over your life. You are not a victim of the lies of the enemy in the name of Jesus. You are able to discern the truth. You are not looking for someone to validate you. God already validated you. Praise the Lord. You are not being conned to look for what you already have. Amen. You already have what God says you have. So you can trust him. Hallelujah. 
So we can trust him today. Amen. We can let the old life go. Hallelujah. We are all in the same what? Position. You are in the same position. Now, you've got to be careful here because let me give you another natural example. Have you ever seen, uh, how do I put No, no, no. Do you know the former CS of interior ministry? Was it interior ministry or what is it? Is it the one that security and all that? The one, what was his name? Fred Ward Matiangi. Was he a powerful man? He was very powerful, isn't it? There's another man in the same position. Does he appear as powerful? Same position, but it looks like <laughs> this other guy was more powerful. Was he really more powerful? No, but he exploited the powers of that office. That is in the natural. He may have exploited more than he had, but he was what? He was what? More visible. So you can be in the same position and the same power, but what are you doing about it? You understand? Why do some presidents seem more powerful than others? They were all presidents. Why does one boss, maybe you had one boss, then another one comes, and this other one looks more powerful. Is it a change of position? No, same position. But the way you are using your power and your authority and your position, one is able to achieve what? More results. We used to have a, 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 another minister in the previous government who was called, what, Michuki? What's, I can't remember his first name. Huh? Somebody Michuki. You remember him? Powerful, isn't it? But the other people who have been in that same office, same position, not less results. So just that you have a position, there's something to do. Tell your neighbor there's something to do. Yeah, you don't just get there and stretch your legs and you go into massage mode. No, 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 no. There's work to be done. Remember Jesus said to them, he who serves me comes to where I I am. I am coming to a place of serving the Lord. If I'm serving the Lord, there is no place for depression and worry and anxiety because God is my rewarder. I am not going, I can't get worried up there. To get worried, I got to leave that place and come down. But when I remain up there, there is no worry there. Praise the Lord. There is no concern over anything, and I'm sitting together with Jesus. My last scripture is uh, John, 20, John 12, 27 to 31. It says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now, let's read together. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. You believe that? When is the, the ruler of this world going to be cast out? Now. When are we getting rid of these cult worship and stuff? Now. When are we receiving the wisdom of God to walk in victory? Now. When? This hour. Amen? This troubling hour. Are you listening to me? 
This hour, when there are so many voices, when you need to hear correctly. You don't want to be the one who said it is that, no? When God is speaking, you are saying this hour, this hour, this hour when there's so much shaking in the church, this hour when the economy has issues, this hour when you may not have answers to the issues you are looking for, this hour when you're struggling with a specific solution, God says this hour, this hour, are you listening to me? This hour now is the Son of God glorified. Now, the toughest time is the best of time to display the glory of God. That is why you cannot be discouraged. Hallelujah. That is why you cannot give up. That is why you cannot get worried. Because the tougher the situation, the more the glory of God will manifest. If you don't quit, if you don't give up, if you say, I am tapping into the wisdom of God, I am finding answers to this matter, and praise the Lord, I am a winner. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about you. You are a winner. You are the victorious one. You are the one who is saying, this hour, say this hour, is my hour. This hour, in this situation, will God be glorified in my life, in the life of my loved ones, in my career, in my business, this hour, this hour is the hour for my family. This hour is the hour of my promotion. This hour is the hour for my provision. Rise up on your feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Be glorified, O oh God. Be glorified in the lives of these ones. In the name of Jesus, I speak that glory of God over your life. In Jesus' name, the spirit of discernment. Hallelujah. The spirit of discernment. The spirit of discernment. The ability to call out false doctrines. The ability to see. The ability to see. To see that the devil is a liar. To see that what the devil has been showing you has been a lie all this time. To show you. To show you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lift up your voices. Now. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. That all eyes of the devil are exposed right now. Right now, right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, no more weariness, no more weariness, no more weariness, no more timidity, no more fear. I silence the voice of the enemy over your life. I silence the voice of discouragement in the name of Jesus. I silence the voice that is trying to bring up your past to tell you that you will fail. Not this time, this hour, this time. This is the fine hour. The Son of God is glorified. The Son of God is magnified. In your life, your life is meant to give glory to God. Your life will not end up in failure. Your life will not be in shame. In the name of Jesus, the strength, the wisdom of God over your life, over your family, over those deals, over those deals, over those relationships. 
the wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for destroying structures of worry, for destroying structures of fear, for destroying structures and patterns of failure that have been recurring. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for wiping out those images. Images. Images you've struggled with. Images. I see that. Images. Images are being removed. No more struggles with your sleep. In the name of Jesus. No more. No, 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 no. You will not fail like you saw someone else fail. No, no. That's not your, that's not your destiny. That's not the picture of God. You will win like Jesus. Jesus is your example. Jesus is your picture. Jesus, Jesus is, 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 yeah. Jesus is the perfect picture for you. Is the example that you have to follow. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.